You are listening to a breakout session talk recorded at Resound 2014 in Boulder, Colorado. For more information about Resound, visit iresound.com. That's loud. Hey guys, thanks so much. We're so excited to be here. Uh, I was thinking about what we would offer you today, and I knew that Resound was kind of like going to a bluegrass festival, where you just hear hot licks over and over and over the whole time, and then you get to the end, and you're like, man, I could not tell you about a single one of those hot banjo licks that I heard this weekend. So is anybody feeling a little teaching fatigue right now? Like, okay, my brain is full. No, okay, who's ready to just have, have, another, have another healthy portion? Good. You guys are really energized. Awesome. I love it. Uh, we're going to do two things. First, we're going to do a little uh, essential teaching that I believe the Lord is going to use to shift a paradigm for us. Because I know that what you don't really need is more information. I know that what you need desperately is a different way of seeing and a different way of thinking that is a kingdom way and not a way that is sourced in this earth. Because you cannot get to the heavenly by mastering earth. You get to the heavenly by beginning with the fullness that we have in Jesus Christ. So let's pray together that the Lord would do that, that that he would use this time mightily so Father, we consecrate this time to you by the blood of Christ. We consecrate ourselves to you by the blood of your Son. Holy Spirit, we make you welcome, and we submit to your way. We thank you that what you have for us is destiny. What you have for us is the removing of an inferior yoke that was a burden to us. Some of us are weary because we've been saddled with a yoke that you never meant for us to carry. And we believe today that you're going to remove that yoke of slavery from us. You're going to remove that mindset that kept us in shackles, even though we were trying our hardest with sincere hearts. We believe you're going to give us a yoke that is good, that is well-fitting, a burden that is easy and light, that feels right for us. So we give ourselves back to you. We are branches, and we give ourselves back to the vine right now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This is really fun for us because we, um, this is the first time that we've gotten to teach on this topic specifically. Like we've, we've talked a lot about it in circles and when discipling and all those, those kinds of things. But this is so fresh for us that we might cry. (laughs) And, um, what we're about to talk about has brought so much health and healing to our relationships, our relational spheres, not just and and health and healing in me, not just between me and the Lord, where I feel freer and more like unstoppable and like more of a warrior woman than I have ever felt before. And it's just like a dream come true. I was, I was crying in the revelation of it just this morning. That's how, how fresh it is for me. And I'm so excited that we get to share a little bit about our journey with you guys. So because it's so fresh, we're going to be talking a lot in story. 
and just telling you some stories from our life and just trusting that the Lord's going to weave them together for you the same way that he's woven them together with, for us. So, <laughs> I didn't tell him about the meditation. I got caught up in the spirit. I didn't tell him what oh, I was going to do. Okay. And then we're going to take some time to do a guided meditation so that, um, yeah, I know it's going to be so good. So good. So um, I'm going to start with um, a, a little while back. Tim and I went to this little town in the middle of Colorado called Salida. And it's a great little town, and there's a little venue there where you could hear bluegrass bands play. We love bluegrass. I play fiddle, and he plays mandolin, and so we're, we're big into that scene. So anyway, we go we, to see our, one of our favorite bands play, and there's this banjo player there who's excellent, so amazingly good. We were in the front row because we were so excited. But after a while, it be- he started playing, and it was so awkward because this is what started happening. just like oh and I didn't want to look at him because you knew how much he needed you to look at him and you didn't want to give him what he needed but at the same time you wanted to look at him because he was freaking amazing the things he was doing but he knew how amazing he was and you could just feel the black hole of need look at me look at me right anybody ever be in a situation like that yeah you know what I'm talking about? Were okay. you the person or the person needed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the funny thing is, I have been that person. I'm going to go, oh man, I'm going to go into confession. <laughs> I'm going to go into confession time now. <laughs> We're not Catholic, so we don't have the real screen, but we do have hoodies. <laughs> I, okay. I used to play in this band. My hair's all messed up. I have my Holy Spirit doves here helping me along. Um, she didn't buy those. Her head just manifests golden birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, may it be so. May it be so. Anyway, um, so I used to play in a band with another female artist, which I have done that actually many times. And <laughs> I used to no joke, measure how far her stand, mic stand, was from the center versus how far my mic stand was from the center. (laughs) Because I wanted to be, and needed to be, the center of the stage. I used to go out to where the CDs all were and count how many CDs were sold that had me on them versus how many CDs were sold that didn't have me on them. That's right. I see some of your faces right now going, oh my gosh. It's true. It's totally true. I had a huge black hole of need that pulled from everything I saw, every person I came into that needed to get full. And it was never enough. It was like I was carrying around a measuring stick, not just for myself, of whether or not I measured up, whether or not I was at the beginning, at the center of everything, whether or not everybody was looking at me, all of that stuff, but for other people too, whether or not they were giving me everything that I needed. Friendships for me 
were a tactical decision. I was just reading through an old journal of mine from college, and I came up again to this memory. I came on this page where a friend of mine from my freshman year had just had a conversation with me. This was my junior year about how he felt like, man, we were so close, but the cooler kids came along and I got swept under the rug. And he was right. He was totally right. When we would go out to dinner, you like this confession time, huh? Anybody's starting to get a little stirring in your heart? Because we all know this, don't we? Nothing's fallen on me that hasn't fallen on, isn't common to man. We used to go out to dinner with people who were important, like big music guys or whatever, big minister guys, right? I would fight my way to the place of honor at the table. I would want to sit right next to them so that I could be heard, so that I could be seen, and so I could be noticed. I didn't want to sit at the other end of the table because I wanted them to know who I was. And this is not a stable land that I was living in. It's not a stable land that you're living in. How's it working for you? I was losing friends. Pretty quick. I wasn't trustworthy. I wasn't dependable. And my measuring stick always showed me that I came up short. And so did everybody else. And it was bringing me down. Not, not a good situation. And what was revealed in me through all of those stories and countless more is exactly what happens in the world. That there's a limited amount of power and authority and you have to steal some in order to get some. I needed to measure whether or not I was this closest to the center, because only one of us could be there. And it was going to be me. And she was going to be over on the side so that I could be in the center. Does that make sense? We couldn't both sell a bunch of CDs. If I was going to sell more, it meant she was going to have to sell less. We'll bring it even more personal. If Tim and I, like, if there's going to be an authority in the home, I'm going to have to steal some of that in order to have some. Does that make sense? There's a limited amount of power. Like, think about it when you take a shower. If you know that you have a limited amount of of hot water and there's five of you that need to take a shower, think about how you take your shower. How do you take your shower? (laughs) There's always that one. I was thinking, I could make a Facebook quiz, like, how do you handle authority? (laughs) Based on your hot water use. Okay, so extra hot. Huh? Take it first and make sure you get some, right? Really, really quick so everybody else has some too. Maybe you just choose not to take one at all. You take the martyr route so that everybody else can have some. So you actually don't take the hot water. But then you go, oh, you know, my hair doesn't look as good as it would have because I didn't take a shower. (laughs) Thank you. This, this is the way that the world does it, isn't it? 
isn't it? Everything's a mountain, and only the best, most charismatic people get on top, and in order to get up there, you have to pull some people down in order to do it. Or you just stay at the bottom, because that's just what you're meant for. Anybody starting to resonate here with me? Yeah. There's a better way. It's made your life a whole lot better, hasn't it? (laughs) There is a better, better way. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the way of the kingdom. I've been discovering the better way for some time, but I'm going to make it uh, personal as well. Let's just talk about what happened Thursday. Thursday. (laughs) So uh, Lori and I were going out to take the kids somewhere, and she let the dog out. And uh, I said, why'd you let the dog out? She said, oh, I thought it would be fun to bring him. Well, she didn't know I had just vacuumed the van. And I said, well, I think it would be really fun, not with this kind of snarkiness. I said, I think it would be really fun to leave him here because I'd like to keep the van clean. Okay, there's no stank on that. She said, no, I, I really would like to bring him. Can we just bring him? And then I got my stank on. And I went, well, fine. As in the subtext is, if you have to have your way, and that's just the way that you are, then I will be the greater person and acquiesce to your desire. Yeah, super stanky, right? And <laughs> so then she says, oh, no, we'll leave him here because I just want to do what you want. So do you see what happens? Now we're both arguing the other person's original point of view. Have you ever been in this situation? When that happens, who comes out feeling like just such a winner? Nobody. Oh, it's so awful, right? I discovered in that moment my personal black hole of need. Because we, we started talking about it. I discovered a long time it. ago. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good until then. <laughs> we started talking about it. And I found myself saying these very irrational things like, why can't you ever just let me decide how something is going to be? Ever is the operative word there. Why can't you ever? Or, can I just one time make a decision without you having to have it be your way? Just one time. Do you you hear what is happening there? We're, We're speaking in absolutes and infinites. And I started hearing myself. And, and of course, Lori feels the same way. Of course, she defers to me all the time. She, she doesn't say anything and, and decides to let me have something the way I want it all the time. And she's thinking to herself, can I one time not have an opinion? Is it okay for me one time to, to have an opinion that differs from yours? Or, or does that always have to make you feel threatened? So we are in this power struggle, right? And both of us are saying always and never. And whenever you're saying always and never and it's absolutes, you know eternity is in play. The black hole is devouring matter. Well, an evil voice laughs. <laughs> Throw all the affirmation you can in there. Throw all the deferring you can in there. Go ahead. It will eat entire planets. <laughs> because no matter what, when I am trying to source my okayness, my sense of authority, my identity from this poor, finite person right here, she is never going to be enough. You see, friends, we are broken cisterns. I am so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. But I'm, I'm looking to someone who can never fill me. This is not just applicable in marriage. 
Does this not play out in all of your life? In your church, in your worship team, in your work, we are so thirsty for recognition. We're so thirsty for authority. We're so thirsty for a place, and we're trying to get it from a bunch of broken cisterns. There is a better way. Lori is amazing, and she pulled this maneuver that we all must learn if we will have this paradigm shift that I think the Lord is going to bring about today and start moving in the way of the kingdom. She did something we now refer to as reversing the streams. Why do I call it reversing the streams? Listen to this scripture. The Lord enlightened me about this on that day. This is Thursday. Thursday. A week ago today. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his inmost being will flow rivers of living water. When I'm thirsty, where can I take my thirst that seems to be infinite? To the infinite one. If I'm a broken cistern, what I need is a spring that never stops flowing. What I need is to bring my thirst to Jesus and to begin to source my life, not from the people around me, but to source my life from the infinite, that which never runs out. Because guess, guess what happens then? Even though I, I'm a broken cistern and I can't hold water, I overflow. Because in Jesus, there's more than enough. And that changes all of my relationships on earth. See, we have a sourcing problem that is at the bottom of all of our problems. The problem is that we're trying to source our love, our righteousness, which is your sense of okayness, our identity, our authority, and our power from earth, from each other, from recognition, from profit. You already probably already know what it is for you. We have to change the way that we source our lives and begin to source from heaven. Here's how Lori reversed the streams. We both were trying to get the streams to flow to us. You know, those streams of living water. When you believe in Jesus, they flow from you. But Jesus said, how can you believe when you seek your glory from men and not the glory that only God can give? You see, we're unbelievers in the source when we try to get glory from each other. I know. That's sinking in, isn't it? Lordy reversed the streams. She decided to take the better way and the kingdom way and to begin to flow out. Can you tell a little bit about what was going on in your head when you did that? Yeah. Uh, I, I felt us, we, we now have become very accustomed. And again, we're going to talk about our marriage because that's a lot of where this plays out in a very personal way. Um, but this is for all <laughs> relationships. This could have been any person that I was talking to. And it has been before. So anyway, we've, we've become accustomed in our marriage to opening our vulnerable hearts to each other. That's what we call it. Open your vulnerable heart to me. And we, we start talking about what's happening in the, in the 
in the space between us and in the processing area where you make your decisions about what someone meant and what they didn't mean, and you talk about that instead of talking about from the decisions that you made. Does that make sense? So in the spirit of that, I was asking the Holy Spirit, there's something weird going on here. I don't like it. This is not our marriage. This is not the way that we do things. So I started to think, what is happening in the space between where's what's what's going on in our processing that's off and I started asking the Holy Spirit how do I get out how do I exit I don't want to do this because nobody's going to win what do I do and he said show me a place in the scripture that says you have to fight for your own position and (laughs) show me a place in the scripture where you have to fight for your own position. And I knew what I needed to do, not just with my husband, but with you. I needed to get lower. That was the only way out. It was the only way out. And it wasn't that I was going to give up something. It was that, oh, my God, I have changed because I don't need Tim anymore to feed that place because I knew where my place was when the Holy Spirit said that I was like okay so I looked at Tim and (laughs) I said babe I want you to feel great in every part of our marriage and if it takes me saying yes all the time this is not manipulation. I saw, I saw you purse your lips like, right. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not manipulating. I'm just sharing my vulnerable heart with you. This is what's happening. I want you to know how loved you are by me. And if this is what it takes, I am in. I'm in with you all the way. And I will do everything I can to agree with you all the time. And he stopped and looked at me like... <laughs> But where in the scripture? Show me a place in the scriptures where it says to fight for your own position. You know how I was sitting at the place of the most honor at the table? What does Jesus say to do? He talks about that. He tells a great story about that. That's right. He says when you go to a banquet, take the seat of less honor. Because if you take the seat of more honor, the guest of honor is going to come in and you're going to get booted. But if you take the seat of less honor, then the one who invited you, the one who made you, the one who has authorized you, the one who has given you assignments, the one who's fit you so perfectly together and has a destiny for you will promote you at the proper time. Boom. Get lower. You want to know how authority is given in the kingdom? By the only one who holds it. And he authorizes what you're made for. And what I was made for in that moment, what I'm made for in my marriage, is to honor my husband. And that's not a positional honor. That is a heart honor. I can honor him all I want with my words. Just like we can honor God all we want with our words. 
You give me all the words. You say all the right things. You give me all of your offerings, but your hearts are far from me. I can honor Tim all I want with my words, but if my heart is far from him, I'm not honoring him at all. It's not a positional honor. It's a heart honor. And I had to bring my vulnerable heart to my husband. That's what I was authorized to do. And that's the only thing that was going to get us out. I know you guys are already seeing this about Lori, but I just want to point it out. What you're seeing right now is a woman who did not humiliate herself in this situation. She showed her strength when she got lower than she had to. She showed that she knew her place in Christ by doing something that maybe she shouldn't have had to do. And I say that because, well, it'll become clear as I tell the rest of the story. Okay, in this moment, she, in her humility, exposed my pride. When she laid down her weapons and and we stopped vying and trying to source ourselves from each other, all of a sudden, I was face-to-face with my pride. And I saw it, and, and I got the revelation for the first time. The Lord said, you are trying to source your sense of authority from Lori's agreement. And I was like, oh, and I, it took me a little while. I, I got before the Lord, and I thought, I need to, I really need to start writing this out and praying about this, because I have thought that I've been acting in right husbandly authority. But what I didn't realize was my mind was more on what she needed to do for me than what God had authorized me to do for her. And so this is the main problem that we have in in this old paradigm that that rubs wrong and weighs too heavy, is we're all thinking, "I, I have to have my place. And for me to have my place, you have to do your thing right. God hasn't authorized me to make anybody else, including my wife, do their thing right. This is very, very freeing. What he has authorized me to do is to lay down my life. What he has authorized me to do is serve. What he has authorized me to do is drink from the eternal spring so that I come to her not having to get something to be okay, but so that I come to her with something to give. Because I put her in a bad position. What if I had just said, I'd love to vacuum the van again. Let's do it. That would have been much better. That would have been very much in line with what I've been authorized to do. It would have required me to have a different source. And I didn't know how to have that until the Lord started speaking to me about it. But isn't that... Can I say something? Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool how we've kind of both been authorized to do somewhat the same thing? Because I was also authorized to serve. To lay down my life. (laughs) Totally. If we both got lower than we needed to, we would start to live a life. And and I dare say we've begun to live it. And you, you know the glimpses of this. You know the glimmers of this. Where our relationships begin to be sacramental. There's no striving and struggling and vying and having to push someone else down in order to get up to the limited resource because that's not how the kingdom works. In the kingdom, we have an unlimited supply in Jesus. 
It's like taking a shower at a hot springs. Have you ever been to a hot springs and taken a shower? What kind of shower do you take? Whatever kind gets the job done. (laughs) Isn't that awesome about the kingdom? What you have in Christ, if you will look to him, is whatever you need to get the job done. And so if you will look to the source, you will not have to source yourself from anywhere else where the supply is limited. And the victory of this whole situation is that neither one of us emerged the winner because in the kingdom, there's no winner, right? Because like Luke and Nick were just talking about, there's success and failure in the kingdom is defined way differently than it's defined in the world. We both emerged victorious because when God authorizes and God promotes, he does it in a way that shatters and that reverberates through your whole life. The space we would have made for ourselves by vying for what we could get was as destructive as the space I tried to make for myself when I'd take the seat of honor at the table and I'd lose friends. The space that God makes for us is perfectly suited to the space he made us to fill. And he gives you all authority to get the job done. Everything you need, you have in the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes with power, you have everything that you need. Isn't that amazing? What a way to live. Imagine if the church lived this way. Paul knew this was a problem. He talks about it all the time. That's why almost every book he writes, you find we're a body, we're a body, we're a body, we're not a mountain, we're a body. And every part is equally essential, different assignments. So we don't have to compare We don't have to try to grasp for someone else's position, someone else's authority, because we're not authorized to do that. We don't have what we need to do that. You will always come up short. What a relief, right? Right. When your authority is from Christ like that, it's not up for grabs when somebody has a different opinion about where the dog should go. Like... (laughs) If we want to show what God is like to the world, we have to get out of the basic principles of the world, which say, climb, tear someone else down so you can get up, strike down if you want to eat, be better if you want to get to the top. No, in Christ, we have to agree with our maker about our design and then receive authority from him and him alone to carry out the mission that he gave us to carry out. Oh, babe, tell the the chicken coop story. Oh, this is good. So I was cleaning the chicken coop one day, and uh, I don't know if you know, I keep a blog, and I do a little bit of teaching, and I always find that, like, whatever God showed me that week, I hear it in the Bill Johnson sermon the next week. And I'm always like, great. I I totally should have published that, because now if I publish it, everybody's going to think I got it from Bill Johnson. And so I'm I'm just talking to the Lord about it while I'm cleaning out the chicken coop, while I'm cleaning up poop. And, uh... And a a couple of things humbled me. One, I felt like the Lord said, is it not okay if I want to speak something in harmony through several voices? 
because of my pride, I was going to rob the Lord from that because I wanted to come off like I was totally original. Like I, like, like I made up the revelation that God showed me about the kingdom. Like, I know. So ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, and I kind of had this like, well, you know, by the way, while we're talking about it, how come those guys have like this huge platform and, you know, I've, I've got a small platform and it, it just felt like a raindrop in my spirit, this phrase, you wouldn't enjoy Christian fame. What a revelation. You guys, I was not made to bear the mantle that those guys bear. And it is a kindness from the Lord that he does not expose me to something like that. Because I want to tend my field. I want to drink from my well. If I have my mind on somebody else's assignment, I'm going to neglect my own. And we, we told you, if you read the description of this workshop, we were going to tell you about where power and authority comes from in the kingdom and how they increase. Right now I'm going to tell you how they increase. They come from God at his sole discretion, based on your design. Well, if you can agree with your maker about how you're designed, where you're placed, and what your mission is, when you accomplish your mission, your authority increases. To him who has, even more will be given. But to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. There are people, and people are the most precious thing to Jesus. Make no mistake about it. There are people that I am responsible for helping. If I'm only thinking about how to get more people to listen to me because I'm sourcing my identity from the amount of people who listen to me, I'm going to miss bringing an increase in the people that I have been given. And what would be the only right thing for a loving God to do with that flock who he cares about? Take them away, send them to someone who knows how to care for them. In the world, we understand this. If you neglect your kids, it is good that they be taken from you and given to someone who knows how to care for them. But just like Paul said when he was establishing the way that church family would work, uh, how can a man think that he could take care of God's family when he can't even take care of his own. Well, if you can take care of what's yours, then you hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Take 10 cities to rule. You get an upgrade when you're faithful to the mission that the Lord designed for you, authorized for you to do, and then you complete it. It's simple, isn't it? We have to get our mindsets out of the hierarchical views where we're trying to get somewhere, sourcing ourselves from earth, and get into a mindset where we understand there are different authorities, all equally essential. You are essential. And if you can get your mind into your mission, then you will see increase. And if you can get a hold of who you are in Christ, you would never want to be someone else because you are perfectly designed to be placed and then perfectly placed to function. And there's nothing that feels better than functioning where you are perfectly placed and authorized to be. That's right, because what kind of mistrust does that expose in our own hearts when we, want, we constantly want somebody else's deal, right? Or we're constantly thinking that, like, what is it, that he didn't make us right? That he doesn't actually have wonderful things for us in our futures that are fulfilling and satisfying in the 
best and deepest ways, that's what was behind mine. Fear, mistrust. God is holding out on me, was what I believed. He's still, layers of that are coming off. It's the same thing that Eve believed. You've got some stuff that I don't get. But he is so trustworthy, isn't he? When you hear it like that, it's like, oh, I know that's not who you are. I know that's not who you are. You are a good papa. And you have, I am, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And when we move under the Father's mission, because the story is much greater than just your life, but your life is so essential in it. Mm-hmm. But we, and we move like in an understanding of our assignment and how our assignment fits into the whole of his mission. I can do anything. I mean, it's amazing. Because not only is the world not resting on my shoulders, hallelujah, my sense of self isn't resting on my shoulders. I'm also participating in a grand design that is so good, I'm not going to even understand it until I get to the other side. There's goodness about God that it doesn't even seem good to me because my mind is so tiny, I don't understand what real goodness is. He has such a long view that if we get under it, our, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Right? So good under the stream of living water that comes from above and out. Comes from above and out. Oh, Jesus. Flow through us and out. To finish, the axiom that you hear in the world is power is not given, it's taken. But in the kingdom, it's the greatest among you will be your servant. He who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We don't strive for a place when we understand we're part of the body. We show that we know our place is irrevocable by the way that we serve and bring other people in. The word of the Lord about this is there cannot be too many. The more that come in, the more healthy this body is. There cannot be too many. We're going to go into a guided meditation that's going to help you personally with the Lord in a a general and, and very specific way. Uh, to get into this place of being sourced from Jesus and overflowing into the people around you. While Lori passes those out, I see a hand. Did you have something to add? May I ask a question? Please.
would you advise additional things to this um, terrible struggle every day in competition that mm -hmm. others uh, to adapt to that situation mm -hmm. and being eventually uh, taking advantage every day of that situation and getting bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Okay, to summarize the question, uh, he was asking, I'm sorry? Oh, think of the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have a good answer to that in this moment. But let's say everybody who does have a good answer to that, let's meet at the booth right after this and see, see what we can come up with. And if at the very least, we'll just pray together and see if the Lord can bring an answer to it. I think that's going to be the best thing that we can do. Does that sound good? I love the sound of your voice, by the way. I wish that I spoke with that kind of... <laughs> All right. Does everybody have uh, the paper and something to write on? My friend is going to uh, play some instrumental music. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for showing us in this walk through Isaiah 45 everything that we need to know today about what you're going to shift in us. Drip down, O oh heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit, and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Does anyone have an extra paper? We gave away all that we had. <laughs> Thank you. Just stay in the posture of hearing from the Holy Spirit here. I'm going to read you some of the questions that are written. And you just write down what the Holy Spirit brings to mind. You can draw a doodle if your brain works that way better. Holy Spirit, show me where I've sourced my place, authority, or right standing from myself or the world. What would it be like to open up and receive all you need from heaven? Name any fears that come up and offer them to Jesus. Write, write a prayer choosing to come to him and drink.
if you've already written down a fear, you might write the name of Jesus up above it or scratch it out, cross it out with a cross. This is going to be a physical, sacramental act of offering that up to Jesus and choosing him instead, and it's going to shift things in the spirit. When you unite yourself with your hand that writes with the choice to give that to Jesus. To the one who quarrels with his maker, an earthenware vessel among the vessels of the earth. Will the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? Or the thing you are making say, he has no hands. Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman, to what are you giving birth? Show me where I've quarreled with you, my maker. Where have I succumbed to the pressures of performance, comparison, and the need to gain or prove my authority? Show me where I have exalted my opinion above yours about how I should be made, where I should be placed, or how I should be utilized. Thus says the Lord. Hear this now, beloved. Thus says the Lord. He still says it. 
Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and your Maker. Ask me about the things to come concerning my sons, and you shall commit to me the work of my hands. Write a prayer of repentance from quarreling with God and entrust yourself to Him the way He sees you and His plan. We just thank you, Lord, for the breakthroughs that you're bringing right now as we ask the right question that you've given us. What is to come concerning me, your son? What do you have for me? What did you have in mind when you thought me up and knit me together? It is I who made the earth and created man upon it. I stretched out the heavens with my hands and I ordained all their host. I have aroused him in righteousness and I will make all his ways smooth and he will build my city and will let my exiles go free without any payment or reward, says the Lord of hosts. And I will make his ways smooth. Show me where I have tried to arrange life by my own strength. Write a prayer of rest and surrender to God's smoothing of your ways.
he will build my city. It's not mine to decide my assignment, but yours, God. What am I authorized to establish? To guide? To resource? Who am I authorized to love? To serve? What have you assigned to me that I have not taken up? What have I taken up that has not been assigned to me? This is really getting good, I can tell. And will let my exiles go free. Who have I needed to recognize me, like me, apologize to me, promote me, reward me, or otherwise behave in a certain way in order for me to be okay? Holy Spirit, show me the people I have held in exile to source my kingdom from them. Write their names. Now, by those names, you can individually write the word free as you release each person into the care of the Father. Lord, for setting the captives free. Without payment or reward, show me where my agenda has robbed me of my reward. Plan a specific assault on self-exaltation through generosity and getting lower to position yourself for reward from God not men. Friends, as we leave, let this be your warfare. Let this be the way that you walk it out. Keep this sheet of paper because this is going to come back. No matter what you release today, the enemy loves to come back and see if he still has his old comfy spot still. 
because you made friends with this thing. It was a source of comfort for you. It's just the way that you did it. And the enemy's going to come. I'm just going to let you know so it's no surprise when it happens. So you'll be like, oh yeah, that girl told me that. I thought she's crazy, but she said this was going to happen. And look, here it is. Okay, he's going to come back. It's going to come back to see if it has its comfy spot, to see if you can still be friends. Right? And he's also going to come and say things. This is what he does with big things like this, big life-shifting things. How many people feel like, oh my gosh, my life will shift because of this? Yeah. Right? This is what he does. This is his way. He doesn't come up with new tricks. He does the same thing over and over again, and this is why we know that he really just should kick him to the curb because he's just... Anyway, he's going to come back, and he's going to try to convince you that you're not going to know who you are now. That, oh my gosh, you'll find yourself thinking things like, oh my gosh, if I give this up, I don't know who I'm going to be. If I give this up, what if I'm lost? What if I'm not found? What if, what if I'm not going to have a place at all and I'm going to be forgotten? Right? Ball? That's not the Lord. Are you kidding me? That's the enemy trying to intimidate you into old patterns. So make this be your warfare. Every time you hear that, if you've decided today that you are done with the old pattern and on to the new, if you've made that choice, then walk it out by changing your mind. It's really, in Christ, such an easy thing. You already have the victory. So now you walk in the blessing of it so that you can receive the fullness of the blessing, okay? So every time you start to hear that kind of stuff come into your head, don't wonder whether or not it's your imagination or anything like that. Just take it captive and say, no, I don't, I don't think that anymore. Here's what I think. I have an assignment from the Lord. My, my authorization comes from the Lord. I will drink from the river, put on some worship music, start thanking God for everything you have. Yes. Let thanksgiving be your warfare. Let contentment be your warfare. Every time a complaint comes into your mind, reverse it. Reverse the streams. Reverse it into a word of thanksgiving. Oh, I wish I had this. Oh, I'm so thankful that I have this. Thank you, God, for this, right? Let that be your act of warfare. It's a prophetic act and it brings heaven to earth. This is the way we walk it out. Okay? Let your warfare be getting lower. It's like if you're, you know, if this is what the enemy wants, uh, your, your warfare is like, no, 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 I'm going to get even lower than that, buddy, because I know where my source is. Amen. That's good. That is your warfare. That is walking out. The blessing. And watch. Pretty soon it's not going to be so hard. Pretty soon you're going to be living in abundance in your spirit, man, that you have dreamed of. Your relationships, your marriages, your children, everything is going to feel a lot lighter. So I just bless you guys. Thank you, Father with the authority from all authorities to walk out in grace and strength and courage what you were made for from the very beginning 
the design from the very beginning to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, to come under the mission of the Father that will not end. Every word will be accomplished. Everything he says will happen. So I anoint you with the power of the Holy Spirit to be who you were made to be, to join together with the body of Christ in unity and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, to acknowledge and respect the authority given to everyone around you for their particular mission so that you are joined together in the bonds of unity and we move together as a body with Christ as the authority, with him as the head, giving to each one the authority that they need to walk out their assignment and their mission under his mission. All of these things belong to you. All of it. All of it is for you. You have everything that you need in the name of Jesus under the mission of the Father and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go forth in joy and accomplish your mission in power. Woo!